Welcome to the Not At All Regular Mobile Dev Memo Podcast. I am joined today in the podcast by Matt Restivo, who is the Chief Product Officer at the Action Network and who had previously held senior positions at the NHL and ESPN. Today, Matt and I will be discussing the recent change in legal status of sports betting in the U.S. Hi, Matt, and thanks for joining me today. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. No problem. Maybe to kick things off, you can tell us a little bit more about the Action Network. Yeah, so the Action Network is a, a media site and a utility for consumers who, um, who are active sports bettors. Our value proposition is to make you a smarter sports better. Um, we do that in several different ways. We do that uh, by allowing you to track your action, uh, both in our app and on our website um, at theactionnetwork.com, um, and really in our app, which, which our engagement is, is crazy high. Um, and we inform you with with content. Uh, we have a set of podcasts. We're you know obviously extremely active on social. Uh, we have a lot of big name writers, and we have guys like Jason Sobel, uh, Chad Millman, who's a household name in in the uh, in the betting industry, um, writing content for us every day. It's super compelling stuff, and and really uh, you know angles that you kind of can't get anywhere else as far as you know how do we look at sports through the lens of betting. And my background is really, uh, I started my career as an engineer um, working at ESPN and, and uh, eventually shifted into a product role there where I ran the, the notifications team. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. We sent about 4 billion notifications a month. We grew that from you know, 1 million users to 25 million users. Um, and then had the opportunity to go work at the NHL and oversee all product development there. Uh, and I really thought that was it. I, I'm... Uh, huge hockey fan. Uh, I just think it's the best sport. Uh, and I thought that was it. That was my career. You know, I grew up playing NHL 94 and <laughs> here I am. I've landed the place I want to be. Uh, you know, they had things like a pension, which is unheard of now. Um, and then in the, the middle of 2015, we were acquired by uh, Major League Baseball Advanced Media, which, you know, at the time and still really is, you know, one of the most innovative groups in digital. Um, so I was really excited to go over there um, and help contribute uh, to ML BAM and BAM Tech's efforts. And I spent two and a half years there, um, you know, really learning and and, uh, and innovating, uh, you know, as much as I possibly could, uh, until we were acquired again by uh, Disney. or fully acquired. Um, we did that in in two parts. Uh, there was an investment in in 2016, and we were fully acquired in 2017. Uh, and there I became the, the GM of ESPN Plus, which is the new direct consumer service that, that recently launched um, for ESPN. Great. Um, I think it would be helpful to kind of to kick the podcast off with just some general background on the Supreme Court's decision uh, in May to end the ban on sports betting. So, I mean, this was, I think, fairly big news when it broke. Um, and definitely there was a lot of um, uh, enthusiasm in the mobile space for what this could potentially mean for mobile developers. But I think it would be um, interesting just to go back and sort of understand the genesis of this. So like, why did it happen? Um, what does the legislation actually say? Yeah, so um, I, I guess, the, you know, the law that was sort of in question or, or that New Jersey, New Jersey was really the, uh, the state that challenged it was called the Professional and Amateur Sports Provision Act. Um, and it was, it was enacted in 1992 and everyone calls it uh, PASPA, which basically made it 
you know, illegal or unlawful for a state to um, to have sports betting uh, outside of you know state uh, like Las I'm sorry like uh, Nevada. Um, it didn't criminalize the act of sports betting, but it it, it certainly banned it. Um, and and basically what New Jersey fought on uh, their their position was you know according to the Tenth Amendment this is a state's right. Um, and by seven to two, the judges uh, voted in favor of New Jersey. Um, and where this stands now is, you know, the federal government can regulate sports betting, um, but I, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't appear like they will. Uh, and and now it's really left on a state by state basis um, to to legalize sports sports gambling. So so states have sort of been acting in. You know, in the background and adjusting their legislation as this case has been brought to the Supreme Court by by New Jersey, kind of waiting for this ruling. And some states were able to move really, really quickly. Um, New Jersey is one of them. They, they actually opened uh, sports betting today, uh, which is June 14th. We're talking a month a month uh, after this legislation was repealed. And and Delaware was actually the first state so uh, to do so. And, and we've been uh, at the Action Network. We've been sending some of our our reporters out there to just get a sense and a, uh, uh, you know take some video of the scene at these sports books when they go live and it's been it's been a lot of fun. So I mean you mentioned New Jersey a few times and and they it, it does seem like they were really the catalyst for this. Um, so I mean at the state level in 2011 they um, passed a constitutional amendment in favor of legalizing sports betting and in 2014 um, they actually repealed the law against sports betting which I think was uh, what led this case to the Supreme Court. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. So what does it mean to say that New, G- New, G- New Jersey is leading the way here? I mean, from a, uh, just from like an operational standpoint, does that mean that the sports betting shops can just, you know, start opening in New Jersey? And, and if you cross the state line from, you know, New York City into New Jersey, you are then allowed to go and, and bet at one of them? Yeah, it, it, to be honest, a lot of this is still uh, is still being figured out, and it's it's totally it can be completely different on a state by state basis, right? So, so Pennsylvania is an example of a state, uh, you know, that's going to charge a very very high um, a very very high fee to become a sports book in the state of Pennsylvania. So it's it's really going to limit sort of um, the amount of people who can come in and, and act as an operator. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, for consumers, um, you know, you've got to live in New Jersey. I think, you know, when you look at each, at, you look at each state, uh, you know, there are going to be specific provisions on each state as well. Like, um, you know, you may be able to bet in person in some states. You may not be able to bet on your mobile phone um, on certain states. They're, they're really still, um, they're really still trying to figure, figure this out. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, certainly when you look at the long term, view uh you know two to five years and this is something that's going to proliferate you know deeply into sports betting and i think what you're going to see in the next year plus you know is a lot of companies you know trying to make a big brand play similar to what you saw in 2015-16 with DraftKings and FanDuel when they went out and did lots of major major advertising spends with leagues with media networks uh you know that that is certainly coming Going back to the 
to the to the question of why this happened, it's it's kind of obvious that the sports television industry is, is struggling. Um, they've got competition from streaming services, social media. There's sort of aging viewership. How how does this decision potentially rejuvenate that industry? So I I just kind of preempt that. I um, found a stat that I thought was pretty interesting, which was that sports betters made up 25% of the NFL's television audience in 2015, but they accounted for almost half of all minutes viewed. So there's, um, these people are like the sort of most fanatical fans. Um, clearly this is going to unlock some value in, in terms of, uh, you know, just commercial revenues. How, how, in what way is this going to impact the sports industry as a whole? Yeah, I mean, the, the leagues are certainly betting that it's going to lead to deeper engagement. I mean, those stats, um, those stats, I mean, I've heard similar stats. That that sounds about right. Um, you know, think about what, what the NFL was like before fantasy football itself, right? There was never a reason to tune into um, the Texans, you know, against the Titans. Uh, but once fantasy football came around, all of a sudden, you know, people all across the world, but, you know, mostly in the United States, you know, had a much deeper, uh, you know, had a much deeper connection to that game because all of a sudden, you know, that game that was happening at 4, 10 p.m. in the afternoon mattered uh, on whether or not they were going to beat their friend. Um, you know, I think that's sort of like the, the, you know, that's, I certainly don't think that we would see that much of a, you know, hockey stick and engagement in, in sports games, but, you know, now if you're betting an over/under, you're gonna have to stick around, um, you know, for the full game to find out if that if that's going to uh, if that's gonna pay out or not. Um, and so I think, you know, the why question is really interesting. I mean, you you do have media companies who are struggling and who who you know you look at the cable bundle overall itself, right? Obviously that's declining. Um, basically nobody's coming out of college and buying. Uh, you know, cable, getting cable wired in, but maybe some folks are, are getting a, a DMVPD like YouTube TV or, or um, you know, Fubo or Sling or so on and so forth. Maybe they're going for direct consumer services like MLB TV if they happen to be an out-of-market uh, fan, or maybe they're going for something like ESPN Plus if they just want to sample. Uh, you know, so certainly media is hoping that will pick up and, and that will pick up in their advertising dollars. But... You know, I think the the why it's also interesting to, to to understand like why did New Jersey push so so hard, right? And I mean, I think you know every state is really looking at this as a huge revenue opportunity. Um, you know, th- this is this is just a way that th- they're going to look at this and say this is the lottery all over again. Here's a really great opportunity for us to um, to regulate something that's already qu- you know quite proliferated. Uh, you know, there's a hundred estimated 170 billion spent on sports betting annually, um, and so how much of that can can the states recoup, and how much of that can they, uh, you know, sort of tax? It's it's going to be interesting to see. It's it's as you know, it's it's hard to change a consumer's behavior. And and you had kind of touched on this before, but how does this touch? Uh, how, how do you think this makes its way to mobile? Right. So like, if you are the mobile sports. Um, betting operator based in New Jersey. I mean, I, and I understanding that this will kind of, you know, shake out and become more clear over time, but how do you see that moving? Is it, is, will it be like these sports um, books can take bets via a mobile app? Um, you've got to be a resident or you could be based anywhere so long as the business is registered in New Jersey. How, how do you think that's going to play out? I think you're going to have to be, you know, as a, a resident proving that you are, 
uh, or as a consumer, proving you're a resident of that particular state. Because I do think that there are some states that are just probably never going to pass this. Uh, you know, I think we're going to get to a point where we see 35 or so. Um, but, you know, and even that's going to take five years. Um, you know, what does it mean? I think, I think it has to go mobile, right? Um, there's, there's no other way for it to go. But, you know, the timing on that's really, really difficult to predict. Um, and, and I would just say one more thing. I think it's, it's going to become incredibly difficult or you're just going to need a lot of capital uh, to become an operator uh, that's going to operate in multiple states. So, you know, I look at the big players and, you know, the Action Network, we're not in this business, right? We're in the business of, you know, uh, fun and entertainment and, you know, educating sports betters and making you a, a smarter, better, right? Making you sharp, uh, more sharp. Um, you know, I, I, you, we're, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the folks like MGM, William Hill, DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, Patty Power, Betfair, how, how all these, these big organizations approach it. Um, it's that that's those are the companies certainly that I'm watching. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of these big casino operators, their stock all jumped when uh, the Supreme Court made its decision. So, I mean, are these kind of the companies that are best positioned to make money off of this? I think I think being an operator is a, is a good business. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily sure it's it's a high margin business long term, um, but but they're certainly right in the you know, they're, they're right in the crosshairs of where all the action's going to happen. Right for lack of a better word. <laughs> so yeah, I think, you know, I think seeing their stocks jump, look, you don't have to go to, you know, Vegas um, anymore, uh, you know, during March Madness. Now you can, uh, uh, soon enough, you'll be able to do it right from your phone. But how soon? That's the tough part. You know, I, I lived in, in the UK for a while and, uh, you know, these, these sports books are basically on every block. Can we look to the UK as, uh, as kind of like a future vision of what, um, what this brings about, or do you think there's just kind of like structural differences between the markets? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, I think that the, the idea that it has to be regulated on a state by state basis, which could change, but it's unlikely it will, you know, certainly makes it a little bit unique. You know, you can look at Canada too, right? Canada, it's, it's sort of, it's not necessarily as, you know, as deep as it is in the UK, but you know, you can go into a gas station and place certain types of bets. Um, on a game, right? Like you can bet like parlays or um, you know things like that, where you where you pick pick seven or so NFL games or CFL games. Uh, so I, I think you know it, Patty Power is certainly an interesting company to watch, right? There's a reason that they want U.S. exposure. I think the one thing that is going to be different about the U.S. and the U.K. is that the opportunity is going to be a lot bigger, um, a lot bigger in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, could you see this? being applied not just to professional athletic sports but to also like esports like uh i mean if you think about you know like league of Le league of legends or even like counter-strike um i mean these are these are massive these are turning into massive um you know professionally organized uh competitive sports and um they lend themselves very well to to you know sort of like um, mobile viewership and, and desktop viewership what could could that become a uh, you know sort of fertile ground for sports betting? Yeah, I think I think you I think it already is. Um, you know, there there's always um, anytime you have any kind of competition, there's always going to be folks out there trying to figure out you know an angle, trying to figure out an edge. Um, you know, we have we've employed some of those folks at the Action Network. I think 
Um, you know, I think esports is going to be a very big opportunity. I think if I'm a media company, I mean, I don't know why, uh, you know, more media companies haven't snatched up a, a video game, you know, producer. Um, maybe they're trying, uh, but I certainly haven't seen it. I, I think that uh, I mean, I'm extremely bullish on on esports, and you know, I think there's there's certainly other other aspects to this too, which is pop culture, right? There's you know, people are running lots of bachelor, um, you know, pools at the, at, at their jobs. Uh, at work uh, to sort of like create a more fun atmosphere. And, and that's, you know, that's just kind of happening as sort of black dollars behind the scenes. Right. Um, so I think, I think you're going to see it in things like pop culture. I think you're going to see it, you know, um, better uh, reach things like elections. Um, I think, I think anything, anything could be on the table, but certainly anything that has a competition is going to be wagering. So could you see could you see this also extending to to real money gambling on mobile? Um, so I mean, you know, the social casino um, vertical is is fairly large in mobile, and uh, and like you know, if if this could apply to sports betting and that could be legal on mobile, I mean, I guess you know, it kind of like the it 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 follows that this could then be applied to any sort of like casino games on mobile. Do you, do you see that? Uh, coming about as a result of this legislation, or do you think that's kind of a separate piece of legislation that would have to pass? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, since PASPA was specific to, you know, professional and amateur sports, I think the casino, um, you know, games like poker and something like that will be looked completely sep- uh, looked at completely separately. Um, you know, I do think that, um, you know, certainly it's coming to mobile. Uh, real money betting is coming to, to mobile. I just think that I, I think that it's uh, yeah, they just look at it separately. But do you think this opens the door to that? I mean, do you think this makes people more receptive to um, like a broader uh, real money gambling bill being passed? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think it's it's I think it's certainly a bit more bullish for games that you can prove you know, are a game of skill, right? Now, and that was, for, for the longest time, that's what FanDuel and DraftKings fought against, is that, you know, it, it is it's certainly a game of skill. I mean, anyone who, who has, you know, gone in and, uh, or, or lost a bunch of money in DFS knows that, you know, there's a lot more skilled players out there. Um, you know, poker, same thing, game of skill. Yeah, I, I actually don't know that legislation or, or, or what's um, holding back poker. Uh, but I can't imagine roulette, you know, like like something like a roulette or something like a blackjack on your phone. I think that's like that that to me, um, that to me feels like a whole different beast. Even though you could easily make the argument that you know the lottery is completely, you know, I mean the lottery is a luck, uh, you know, is a luck gamble, right? But that that seems to be okay, maybe because of the friction of having to go in and buy a paper ticket. I'm not sure. How do you foresee this uh, percolating through to the big social media companies? So, um, you know, there, there's been a lot of activity uh, across, um, you know, many of these big companies around um, streaming rights for, you know, various various league games. Uh, do you do you see them accommodating this um, in some way or reacting in some way that increases engagement kind of for the same reasons that the leagues wanted to do this in the first place? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, so that's, yeah, that's interesting. 
So, so if you're a league, right, so you're sitting, you're a rights holder um, and you're sitting on obviously an extremely valuable asset and you're really trying to figure out how you can, you know, produce more value for your ownership group um, in the next coming rights cycle, which all for all major leagues, you know, ends up happening around 2020, 2021, 2022. We kind of keep waiting for um, a big digital player to come in and, you know, spend a bunch of money. Um, you know, Amazon spent some money to get certain Premier League games. You know, ESPN certainly, you know, spent some money. They bought Famtech, which came with a whole bunch of rights like NHL out of market, uh, PGA Tour Live, MLS. Um, and, you know, Facebook did a deal with, with Major League Baseball where they're streaming one game um, in market and out of market. So anybody can watch it, but it is exclusively on Facebook. So, you know, I think the leagues are looking at this certainly in the short term you know, as an experiment place. And I think that's a perfect, um, you know, area for them to sort of start to test, you know, gambling content, right? So if you're going to, if you are going to look at an audience that's watching games digitally, you know, certainly they're, they're, they're probably a younger audience. They're probably more familiar with things like gambling there. Uh, so, so I think, you know, for, for the leagues, they have to figure out the right way to weave this into the coverage. Um, and, and really that's going to be them relying on their media partners and the influence that they have on their media partners um, and how they want their game covered. So, you know, I certainly think, you know, Al Michaels has been, a, you know, a person who, you know, everyone secretly knows. He, he knows the lines of the games. Um, <laughs> I, I think you're going to start to see, you know, that content kind of make its way into, into regular broadcasts more and more. And I think that's a partnership between you know, not only traditional media companies, but but new media companies are certainly well positioned to take you know more aggressive risks and work with um, you know work with the leagues to do that. So it all kind of works together. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's certainly if, if you want to watch where the innovation is going to happen, certainly you know fire up your Apple TV, fire up your Roku, um, and 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 see what the uh, the sports streaming world is is looking like. How open are the leagues to doing these kind of deals? Um, you know, the leagues are open to, the, you know, the biggest checkbook. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, when it comes from a, from a gambling standpoint, you know, certainly they believe in the thesis that it will, it will drive more engagement and more viewership to their product, their core product. Uh, and so I think they're going to be very active and open um, about, you know, working gambling into everything from the broadcast to the content. Uh, to, you know, audio that you listen to, you know, any way that people consume sports media. Yeah, okay. I think they'll encourage it. I really do. And, and I mean, I think that's, that's shown with, you know, just as, you know, as outspoken as they were about, uh, you know, the position that they felt New Jersey had, um, which turned out to be, you know, successful. Great. Um, well, that's all the questions I have. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. How can people um, keep up with what you're doing? Uh, can they follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm just at Matt Recibo. I mean, probably more importantly, you should follow uh, the Action Network and, and check out uh, check out our app. Check out our, our newsletter is a great uh, way to sort of get the, the need to know from a gambling standpoint uh, so you can have the water cooler talk. Um, and yeah, just look look forward to, to seeing some chatter and uh, and look forward to football season. I mean, you can't get here soon enough. But like I said, I'm a Mets fan, so it's just like, you know, it's like I'm counting down the days here. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Thanks so much for having me.